Views, interpretations, and opinions expressed are not advice nor official positions presented on behalf of any organization or institution. They are for informational and entertainment purposes only. This episode continues to set the stage for the show as the guys examine some moments of fear and apprehension and orient us to their spiritual beliefs and perspectives. Now join Ryan and Peter for the Tracking Wisdom Podcast. So in listening to our discussion, I think possibly walking back my initial instinct of avoidance to some cultural things. And I think that part of that was that the idea of creating your own suffering and that it can be, like you said, you have control over it. And I think that I fear that that's where I, that's like my trigger spot. I'm trying to balance entertainment and, and information with not perpetuating this negativity and division and and frustration right right so when i was thinking about it was i think it's actually probably valuable for us to take into some context some of these things from the perspective of creating your own suffering so that we can because these are areas that are uh relevant to I mean, we're all going through the same kind of, we're all existing in the same space. So it's, um, the context is, is, is there for everyone. And it would give us an opportunity both to practice in our own right and to demonstrate what that looks like. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I, I, I agree. I, so I agree with your resistance of like not wanting to have, cultural conflict with each other. Right. Right. Um, And, but conversely, I think you're right that it's a great opportunity to potentially demonstrate how we can do this. I I mean, it's our own exploration because I think, I think both of us resist getting into, I mean, if you're not talking to me about those things, I assume you're not coming to conflict with other people about those things either. Okay. Here's my issue. (laughs) I've actually found it very difficult to find people in which to have good, honest discussion from a place of mutual respect. And because of that, I end up falling victim to the same kind of behavior, right? Which is a lot of, sometimes it's putting words in people's mouths. You know, that's not what I'm saying, but that just gets antagonistic. And that's not the type of person you are. Um, so I think we could have good conversation about it. It may be very healthy for me because I've been actually looking for somebody who has intellect and is willing to come to the table with an open mind and actually discuss things. Um, so, so, I mean, I find that I don't have opportunity to have discussion with an opposing view Mm -hmm. and because I'm talking to uh, and primarily my wife um, people who agree with me Mm. it just becomes an echo chamber sure right and we're just um, which you know is fine for a little bit but not productive it's not productive Um, growth and mainly I just don't have the contact but I mean I mean probably the 
the only opportunity I have is, is in family. Yeah. And in family, you're dealing with so much other context. Mm. So it makes it extremely difficult to have, to even want to have a difficult conversation mm-hmm. or a challenging conversation. Um, but I think it's interesting because we have, we've never talked about these things. Mm. So I don't really know what you think. I mean, we're not, we're not talking about talking politics per no. se. Um, that seems like everything in culture right now has some sort well, of that's po- true. political that's, undertone. Yeah. And that, yeah. that's a big part of what I, I am concerned about. And I think what I get wrapped up in isn't that people make a choice, but that they are influenced strongly by the voices around them to do that. And they take, okay. they take it wholesale essentially you know like instead of exploring it internally introspectively about how they actually feel about this they're being heavily influenced to feel a certain way and that is kind of where we landed so what would you like to talk about so kind of along the same lines about your questioning your resistance Mm -hmm. to to an area Mm -hmm. um i was i had a moment the other day when I was kind of basically some fear came up hmm. out of doing this discussion hmm. and and I was questioning like oh am I really that open-minded like hmm. maybe you know maybe I'm really not that open-minded and I think part of it was kind of uh, <clears throat> I guess I had a concern about having an agenda being like really having a Buddhist perspective and really um, like wanting to to talk about that Mm. Um, and then also like being concerned about actively engaging in other practices because how is that um, distracting from my practice sure like well if I'm going to put more time into practices I should be putting more time into my practice Mm. and you know achieving that enlightenment is always just a feeling that you know, I was questioning and I was, I was fearful. I was resistant and doubtful. Mm-hmm. And so I, I thought that was interesting that we both came away with some element of questioning ourselves, which I think is really good. Mm-hmm. I think that's really what we were looking for. That's the kind of discussion that we want to have. And that's the kind of uh, intellects that we want to be, where we can recognize or question ourselves and have a discussion about it and be thoughtful about it rather than just shutting it down and saying, no, that's scary. So so I thought that was interesting. So I think objectively land on, well, if I explore other practices, like no practice is wasted, mm-hmm. kind of. And if I want to bring everything back to my core practice perspective and say, oh, well, how can I bring that to my chosen practice? Because um, it's okay for me to have a chosen practice and have an affiliation, say, I'm Buddhist and I want to be Buddhist and I want to do Buddhist practice and still explore other practices and say, okay, I'm going to take that and supplement or use what I learned to add to my personal practice. So that's just something, you know, that I've been processing a little bit. The other thing that I noticed was, you know, you're interested in what I have to say about Buddhism and 
I'm really happy to answer your questions as best I can. But on the one hand, I'm not very scholarly in my understanding. And so my my understanding is fairly casual. I mean, I've done a lot of reading, but it's not the kind of reading where I know my sources. Mm-hmm. You know, that's I guess that's really what it comes down to. It's like, well, I think this is the case. This is what a bodhisattva is. Well, why do you why do you know that? Why do you think that? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, that's just what I th- I've accumulated, mm-hmm. which kind of concerns me in the sense that we're we we want to talk at nuns target. Not, so I looked up nuns and I found the Pew Research on, mm-hmm. on nuns. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I want to be responsible with the information providing. So I feel like we have to have these huge disclaimers mm. about all of our information. You know, if it sounds interesting, go look into it. If you hear something don't, that you don't like, don't assume that that's what that thing is. Like, if you don't like what I have to say about Buddhism, don't assume that that's what Buddhism is about. <laughs> right. Buddhism, from your individual understanding and perspective, is just as important, if not more important, to me <clears throat> than knowing what you know formal Buddhism is. So, okay. So, well, like I said, I'm like happy to talk about it. And and one of the comments I was thinking of is that if you let's try to wrap my head around this. So you said, you know, you've, you've, from what you're hearing, you're, maybe you're more aligned with Buddhism hmm. than, than you thought, or maybe more aligned with Buddhism than other religions. And what I'm trying to get from Buddhism, and so what, you know, this would be the perspective that you're hearing from me, hmm. is the essential stuff. Um, what, what I think is what what I find so attractive about Buddhism in the way I'm studying it is that it's much more upfront and orderly in its ideas about the reality of things. Mm-hmm. But I think that that's because that's the way I choose to read it. So there are there is Buddhism and there are Buddhists who practice because it's a family religion, right? And they don't care why they're doing certain things. Mm-hmm. It's just that's what we do. And that's not interesting to me. And so I actually don't know much about like rituals and celebrations. I mean, there's this whole, again, cultural accretion mm-hmm. around Buddhism, you know, all these holidays and things about which I know nothing at all. And the reason is because I don't want to get caught up in that and not understand nobody nobody really joins religion for the holidays (laughs) right it's i'm starting to wonder (laughs) (laughs) right well i mean that's the job i mean that's kind of the seinfeld position right oh i will join this religion because it has great holidays Mm -hmm. um so so what i'm what i'm saying about you know the the sense of alignment i think it's because that's what i'm trying to experience Mm -hmm. with it and my thesis and assumption is that if we went into any religion with the attitude of what is it really telling me about reality, that we could probably find it. If we didn't go in saying, tell me how to do this, tell me what holidays to celebrate, tell me what practices to use, tell me what to do, tell me what to believe, and instead we're focused on exploration of 
I want to know how things work. And, and I know that in this doctrine, there's a core of truth that is supposed to help us understand how things work, mm-hmm. um, what life's about. So if we approach religions that way, instead of approaching them as tell me how to be a Christian, tell me how to be a Muslim, it would be more productive. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know, because I've only done that with Buddhism. But I've started to kind of apply what I've learned from Buddhism to what I remember from Christianity. Mm-hmm. And that supports my thesis. I'm like, oh, okay, I can see how, you know, this is what Jesus was actually teaching. But it's not what people focus on. So if I had approached Christianity this way, then maybe I'd still be a Christian. And then there's, I mean, there's that thing about, you know, the disillusionment of, oh, it didn't deliver on the promise that it made. It was like, well, who made that promise? Right. Right. And that's that's our big, that's our central real issue of discussion, right, is how the churches do a disservice mm-hmm. to the faith mm-hmm. uh, and to the faithful, mm-hmm. right? Because they obscure, potentially obscure the message and alienate the faithful. So that's all by way of kind of a disclaimer that, you know, what we said at the beginning, that I'm not saying my my belief system is better than anyone else's. Mm-hmm. It's what I do because it's it, what works for me. And because it works for me, I really like it. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm very enthusiastic about it. Yeah, I I told you, I think before, but you know, I grew up. We didn't go to church. My family was raised Christian, but you know, we didn't. We were not practicing by any means. And I always had this kind of core spirituality that I didn't even know existed until later. In retrospect, I I can identify that. Um, but it's really, I don't know, five, six, seven years ago. I had a, I was exploring some of this stuff, and and really. I mean, it's it's the it's the age old question, right? If you if you could talk to God, what would you ask? And it's like, why are we here? And what is the purpose of this? And like, because I admittedly, it's it's hard to know from this vantage point what that is. Um, so I would say that I've approached any religious activities from that space of trying, and, and when I engaged with the denomination that I did of, of a Christianity, it was trying to understand the Bible and I was reading the Bible and trying to understand some of the stories. And then I started exploring some of the non-canonical texts and things like that. But I did not find that I could glean that insight from this activity, even though I was coming from it, from that perspective and hoping and really trying to understand it. What was interesting about you, and I think is is where I was as well, is it took me coming across and exploring this other kind of explanation, which I think aligns very closely with Buddhism, um, and is probably not a singular, you know, I don't think it's necessarily specific to Buddhism. But it was only when I came across that insight that I was then able to go back to Christianity and interpret Jesus in, in in particular, because what I think is being taught in all of, well, I don't want to say all, in the denominations that I've had experience and exposure to is completely distracting from that core message. And I think it's really the, it's sad 
because I think that ultimately Jesus failed because that's not controversial. <laughs> I mean, exactly. And I've been wrestling with this yeah. one, but but in that context, yeah. and it's not a fault of Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. because yeah. It, over time and people and institution and all this changed it. And now you have institution that will stand up and dictate what is and is not, what is absolute right. and what isn't. Right. And that's where I have problems right. with it. Right. I feel like I was slightly denigrating people who are practicing something because it's what their family did. Mm. And, you know, along the lines of disclaimer, I... I don't want to denigrate that and say it has no value because I think there's now it's not that there isn't a cost to every benefit of course but there is some value to having a family-based religion to having a tradition mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff to have a framework and context even if you didn't get that out of personal exploration or questioning mm-hmm. right I think it's but again as we're talking about cost benefit I think you get the benefit of stability and structure but if you pursue conflicts through that that's where the huge cost is Mm. Um, so if you do that without ever questioning it without ever learning the the core teachings then i think that's a huge cost for your benefit of having nice holidays and Mm. and whatever it is uh, that you're getting out of it Mm. um your your structure Thank you for listening to the Tracking Wisdom Podcast. Join us next time as we continue the discussion. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube, and visit www.eth-studio.com for more information and content.